0: Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. So, I guess for some of us in the sporting field, we're coming towards the, uh, that uh, down to the wire time of year with the NFL, right? I, I haven't been very enamored of the MFL, NFL the last few seasons. It's all to do with the national anthem, but we won't go there this morning. It hasn't been my favorite thing, but I've watched a couple of games lately. Last week, I watched the end of the Giants game. So, we're going to pray after service for Giants fans. <laughs> And then Jets fans, will pray this side for you. Uh, But but you know, I watched the game. I mean, in my naivety, I thought maybe the last snap of the game that the Giants had, maybe they'd bring Eli Manning in to give him the last snap and let him go off the field, you know, to the recognition of the fans. But that didn't happen. And apparently, he went back into his locker room and left that day like any other day. And there was no, nothing big to celebrate what he'd done over the years for the team. And I read this on, on Monday morning. Eli Manning said this. He said, the great thing about football is you can reflect on the good things, and you can choose what to remember and what to forget. I'm going to choose to remember the wins and the fellowship here with my teammates and coaches. I have too many great memories and laughs and wins and celebrations to worry about tough times. I'm going to choose what I remember. I'm starting a teaching series today, which is going to run for four Sundays, called I Choose, because actually a lot more of our lives is in our control than we might fully realize The, the English poet John Milton wrote an epic, Paradise Lost. And in Paradise Lost, he said this, the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. Your mind can take you into some bad places, right? That's why in the Bible when in Romans chapter 12, it talks about the need for us to be transformed. Now, when we come to put faith in Christ, the journey's just beginning. You realize that, right? And what happens after we commit ourselves to Christ is, is that then there is a process by which God builds us and God shapes us and God makes us more and more like Him. And the Bible calls it transformation, and in Romans chapter 12, it tells us the secret to transformation. It says you need to be transformed by renewing your minds. It's funny because a lot of us go in plenty of other directions for to get renewal, you know, Botox or, um, you know, or, or whatever else. It's going to, you know, it's going to really make me look better or make me look different or going to improve me. And, and the bottom line is the Bible says, here's what you really need to do it, It is a transformation of your thinking, of your mind, that is really going to make the difference in your life. And what I want to look at over the next few weeks is the fact that, you know, we are the ones who totally are in God-given control, and, you know, the choices that we make can absolutely transform our lives. If we change our thinking in a number of different ways, in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, Joshua is speaking to the people of Israel and gives them this choice. He said, if serving the Lord is something you don't want to do, if it's undesirable to you, then here's what to do. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So so Joshua says, you know, when it comes down to it, this is choice. It's you that chooses the way you go. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 29, it says this. It says, they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Their choice. Then if you look over in the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 31, it says about wicked people, do not envy them. Don't envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 10 tells us, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. Choose, choose, choose. And what I want to do these four Sundays is talk about, I choose. And we're going to focus on a different direction every Sunday. And what I want to look at today is this, I choose to be a victor And not a victim. I choose to be a victor and not a victim. There are tons of like superhero movies around now, aren't there? And like they're inventing new ones, it seems, new characters. My first superhero was a sailor. You just gave your age clean away people you really really did all right so for the uninitiated as a child I'd love to sit down and watch Popeye cartoons right I love Popeye all right some of you got no idea what I'm talking about so I'm going to try to educate you because I owe this much to you if your parents didn't do it for you already all right so, so Popeye's this little sailor kind of cartoon character with a pipe hanging out of his mouth, and he's weak, and he's scrawny, and uh, every episode in some way he ends up with a, f- a fight with his big tough guy, Pluto, and uh, he's driven right to the edge, Popeye, till in the end the thing, the thing that tips the balance is, 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 is he, he eats spinach, right? Popeye was sponsored by the spinach farmers of the United States of America, right? <laughs> So he comes to the point where I stands as much as I can stand till I can't stand no more. And then he pops open a can of spinach and everything changes. And if you don't know what that is, I'm sorry, you chew You've got to know Popeye. But I loved it because the weak, scrawny, scrawny guy won every time. And he got the scra- skinny, scrawny chick every time, right? <laughs> Olive oil, <laughs> Right? I loved it. And then you get older and you come into the whole world of other superheroes and superhero movies are big. And I, I got to tell you, my, my, my favorite nowadays, I saw the last year, I saw the new, uh, the new Wonder Woman and the Wonder Woman movie. It was fantastic. I saw it at the movies. Then for some, we had somebody, I don't know, with us said, she'll go to the movies. They said, well, I'd like to see Wonder Woman. I said, yeah, let's go see it. And then we had folks with us. We watched it on TV one night. And like, I think, I think Wonder Woman is absolutely fantastic. I love the bit in Wonder Woman where the, the guy says to her, he says, this war is a great big mess, and there's not a lot, whole lot you and I can do about it. We can get back to London and try to get the man who can. And then Wonder Woman says, you ladies, you'll be standing on your chair cheer, <laughs> it's, it's cheering now. He says, we've got to find the man who can. And Wonder Woman says... I am the man who can. It's like, go girl. She said, I'll fight for those who won't fight for, who can't fight for themselves. I love that stuff like, right? I mean, whoa, let's go get them. But you know, Popeye, Wonder Woman, whoever else, they're not just characters on TV or on a movie screen. They're everybody here this morning. They're reflected in every man and woman in this room today because none of us has passed through life unscathed, unaffected by pain, often inflicted by others, by situations that appear totally unjust. None of us has got where we are in life so far without experiencing times when we sense failure or loss or betrayal. None of us has avoided wounds that run deep. And while we are not responsible for traumas that were imposed upon us, we are 100% responsible for what we do going forward. And my encouragement to you is to start this year, say with the grace of God and the help of God, I choose to be a victor and not a victim. We get to choose. We get to choose. Will I live as a victor or will I live as a victim? Will I spend the rest of my life as a victim of what I was or will I reach forward to maximize the life I have, live it, and despite all that has been, come through triumphant? I choose to be a victor and not a victim. There are some steps to that I want to suggest to you. Number one is this, live in the now. Live in the now. There are people who carry their past around with them like their past is part of their life now. Your past is not part of your life now. Your past is your past. That's why we call it the past. That was profound, wasn't it? (laughs) But it is. It's your past. We can take a look at and we can describe and we can define our past, but we must never allow our past to define us. We may have been through situations and terrible things that have left us as a victim of of awful things, but the truth is this, those things do not define who we are where we are today, or the future and the purpose that God has got for us. Byron Cady wrote a book called Loving What Is. And in the book, here's a quote As long as you think that the cause of your problems is out there, as long as you think that anyone or anything is responsible for your suffering, the situation is hopeless. It means you are forever in the role of victim, that you're suffering in paradise. Live in the now. What is the now? Glad you asked. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Dear friends, now, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. What's the now? The now is, I am now a child of God. Now, wherever I've been and wherever life has taken me and whatever I've been through, the reality is I stand here today and say, you know, there's one thing I can celebrate. That was all there, but I'll tell you where I am and who I am today. I am now a child of God. We've got to live in that now. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10 says this. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Where am I at in the now? Who am I in the now? We've got to live in the now. The now is I belong to God. Now you're the people of God. Now you're people who have received mercy. Mercy, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 simply puts it this way. It says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. The old is gone, the new is here. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. That is what some of you were. Before this is a whole list of all kinds of horrible and bad stuff that people were into. And Paul says to the Corinthians, that's what some of you were, but you are washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I didn't even bother putting up the previous verse with all that list of stuff because you could fill in your own blank there if you want to, but it's not that verse that's important because that's the past. It's the present that's important. That's what some of you were, but you were washed. That's, a, that's kind of a phrase that you find over and over again in the New Testament. It talks about God washing us, God cleansing us. And when we put our faith in Christ, He, he makes us clean on the inside. And then it said, not only were you washed, but you were sanctified. Now, the base of the word sanctified, you know what that means? That simply means it's set apart. It's kind of like the dinner services we've got in the cupboard in the corner of our kitchen that we never, ever use. They're set apart for a special occasion. And I asked Jill last year one time when we were sorting out some stuff in the kitchen, I said, can we like start using the good plates? She said, no, they're special. (laughs) So we still keep using the same old plates we've been using for years until the pattern wears off one day. And then we'll get some cheap plates and leave the good stuff there. (laughs) Because they're there for special events. When we get special people over for dinner, if we have dinner with special people, we invite them out. Anyway, I, I'm going to stop there because I've got to go home. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you look at this in the context of 1 Corinthians 6, 11, it tells us, you know, when we put our faith in Christ, we were washed. But more than that, God, God sort of put us to one side like These are he is special, she is special, she's mine. That's the, that's the whole bottom line idea with sanctified. It's set apart to be special for God and to God. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. That means the record of all our wrongs has been erased. There's nothing there. So the fact is, when we put our faith in Christ, it really was a whole Brand new start, and we became a whole brand new person. And if we're not careful, we can drag the identity from our former lives, from our previous life, with us all the way along. Whereas what God wants us to do is live in the now of who we are now, of what we are now, and what God's got for us in the future as well. Live in the now. 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, there'd been a real battle between the Israelites and the Philistines. And when God miraculously delivered the, the Israelites, and it says this after the battle, then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, two places. And he named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. So he got this big rock and set it up and he said, That's going to be a memorial, and we're going to remember that God brought us safely this far. And you know what? It's a good thing for some of us to recognize that whatever has been, and wherever we have been ourselves, and whatever might have happened in life, today we can say this that God has brought us this far. Amen. God's brought us this Amen. far. So here's what it says in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18. I've seen this verse around a lot this last week. Isaiah 43 and verse 18, it says, forget the former things. Hello, it's the first Sunday of 2020, and what I want to just suggest to you is take this verse from the Scripture to heart, and here's what it says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things, live in the now. And then, if we're going to live as a victor and not a victim, you need to recognize your strengths. Recognize your strength. Steve Maraboli wrote a book called Unapolog- Un- well, Let's say that again, Unapologetically You." And here's, here's part of what he said in that book he said, you are not a victim. No matter what you have been through, you're still here. You may have been challenged, hurt, betrayed, beaten, and discouraged, but nothing has defeated you. You are still here. You have been delayed, but not denied. You are not a victim, you are a victor. You have a history of victory. Recognize your strengths. So here we are, by the grace of God, and our life's journey's been different for every single one of us, and there are challenges, incredible challenges, that we've all faced at particular times. But the reality is, we are here January the something, 5th, January the 5th of 2020, and guess what? I'm still here. By the grace of God, I'm still here. And there have been times in my life when I've thought, I'm done. There have been times in my life when I thought it's too much now. There have been times in my life where I've thought I can't go forward. And you've probably been through times like that now. And you may be in a situation like that still now. But I want to tell you this you need to recognize the fact that you actually have been through those things, that you actually have endured those things. And guess what? Here you are today. And you're still worshiping God. And you're still loving God. And you're still living your life. And you've still got hope. And you've still got a future. Recognize your strengths. Recognize your strengths. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I thought this kind of characterizes it. We can all identify with this. It says, we've got this treasure in jars of clay. So bottom line is God's treasure is in ordinary people, right? To show that this all-surpassing power is from God, and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Been there? We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We're still here. Recognize your strength. You know, often we sing or we'll refer to the words from Amazing Grace where it says, Grace has brought me safe thus far. Grace will lead me home. I want to tell you, it is God's grace that has brought us safe this far. But I'm going to tell you something else. It was God's grace and your grit. Not detracting in the slightest from the grace of God. But it was also your strength and your determination, it was your faith. It was your commitment that has brought you to where you are. Recognize your strengths. So you're not a weak person. You're a strong person. There, there, there was a place in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Where this is the David and Goliath thing, Right? Okay, most of us are familiar with, with, with that story probably. So here we go. This huge giant is taunting the people of Israel. Everybody's afraid to go out and fight him. And then this little shepherd boy, David, says, I'll fix him. And Saul, who was the king, who was kind of, I guess, embarrassed himself because in those days kings led their own armies to war. So they'd have been expecting, expecting Saul to go do something. But Saul was too scared to go fix the giant. So David goes in says to Saul, um, I'll take care of this. He's about 15 years old. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it. Just pause and think about that statement. This kid is insane. (laughs) Certifiably insane. When a lion or bear came... And carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it. Idiot, right? I mean, really. There's a lion. Where can I hide? Let's hope he don't get me. Oh, it's only one of the sheep. That's cool. I went after it. Okay, let's take more. I went after it. I struck it. He attacked the lion. People don't attack lions, folks. All right, just to give you the background, right? I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Dear Lord. Now, that should be a superhero movie. That's incredible stuff. But in the light of that, he could stand in front of Saul now and say, hey, yeah, big giant, don't scare me. You know why? Because God had helped him to face huge challenges already and actually to succeed and to be victorious in those challenges. He knew that with God's help, he was strong. He knew that with God's help, he was able to do it. And whatever you've been through, this is profound. Hold your breath. You've been through. And here we are today. Praise God. We've been through. We've been through. It's part of the past. It's not where we're living. And whatever you are going through today, you will go through. Recognize your strengths. And then the, the, the third thing about how, how to really live as a victor and not as a victim is reach for your future. Reach for your future. Our past does not define us, it's not where we've been, it's where we're going. We control our future to a very great degree. There's a poem by by William Henley called Invictus that many of you will know, and uh, the last couple of lines simply go like this, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Now, if you want to get really sort of theological with me, you can say, well, that's not true because God is, and God is, and God is. Yeah, I get that, but under God, you are too, and I am too. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of of my soul. So here we are, the start of 2020, and what I want to encourage you to do is think about and reach for your future because there is far more potential in every single one of us in this room than any of us perhaps realizes at this point in time. Spurred on by what he had seen God do for him already in Psalm 18, David said this. He said, God, by you I can run against a troop And by my God, I can leap over a wall. He was like, you know what? I'm going to believe for big things, and I believe I can do great things, because with God with me, it can happen. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3 says this. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those who hope in the Lord, God gives strength to. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to be exhausted through life. But don't stay there. The verse before that, verse 30, says this, Even youths grow weary, tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. Then it goes on, but those who hope in the Lord. Will renew their strength. It might be time for some of you here today to actually just rise up and start thinking more about the future. Let go of the past. Recognize the strength you have in God. 500 years ago, Francis Xavier was a missionary to India, China, and the Philippines. And at one point, he sent a message to European students. And this was the message Tell the students to give up their small ambitions and come eastward to preach the gospel of Christ. Tell the students to give up their small ambitions. Give up your small ambitions. As you look to the year that's ahead, as you look to the next part of your life, the next chapter of your life, Give up your small ambitions. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. So many of you will know. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. Listen, your life is not winding down. It's actually revving up. And God's got a plan for you to give you a hope and also to give you a future. I saw a picture the other day. It was... It was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Clint Eastwood skiing. And then I did a little bit of research, and I found out Clint Eastwood is now 89 years old. Break a hip at that age, it could be fatal. Clint, how did Clint Eastwood get to be 89? I remember when he was Rowdy Yates. None of you remembers that, right? Eh? rawhide don't try to understand them just rope roll and brand them anyway sorry we'll carry on you younger people are you're very patient with the ramblings of an old man no I remember him when I was a kid and he was a young guy in a western on tv here he is he's 89 years old and he's on the slopes there skiing someplace and I'm looking at that and I think go Clint good for you, man. When Jill and I were on vacation a, a couple of weeks ago, there was one of the things that was offered in the resort was a sailing lesson. And uh, I wasn't feeling up to it at that point. Well, I dismissed it. Sailing, sailing lesson. Oh, yeah, that's good. But I said to Jill when we were leaving, I said, if we ever come back here, I'm going to take the sailing lesson. Because why not? I never did it before. I never tried it before. Boats make me throw up. But the fact is... <laughs> but, but why not? It's like, why not? Why not expand your horizons? Why not push things? What what if the Bible is right? (laughs) There's a question. What if the Bible is right when it says this in 1 Corinthians 2 in verse 9? Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. What if that's how it is? That we actually have got no idea what God's prepared for us, but if we will start to reach for it and to look for it and to pray into it, we can find the fullness of what God has got for us. uh, Proverbs 4 and verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter to the full light of day. I love to see the sun rise. But then it gets stronger, and stronger, and stronger. And the Bible says that's the path of God's people. That's the life of God's people. It starts here and it goes on and on and on and on. And Some of you might be in a place today and you might be at a stage in life or at an age where you think, oh, I'm over the hill now and I'm going down here. There is no over the hill in God's plan. There is no going down from here on in. It's brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the perfect day. There is no sunset in God's plan of things. It's just better and better and better and better and best we'll see him one day. That's the way it works. That's the way he's got it planned for us. You see, it's not where you've been that matters. When, when I get on a plane, i got no interest where it came from. Now, I'll often find out where it's coming from so I can track it on my phone and see if Wonders on Wonders is going to actually be on time for us to leave on time, but i got no real interest. So when the flight attendant says, you know, welcome aboard to this flight to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, uh, that's great. I always like to hear that it is the airport that I want to go to, and I'm on the right plane. But I don't need the whole introduction. Now, welcome on board our plane. This morning we came from Boston, and uh, we went down to New York. We've been to Miami. We've just got back to New York. We're pretty exhausted now, but we'll take you to Dallas, (laughs) right? (laughs) I don't care where it's been. I just want to know where it's going. 2020 is a year to lose sight of what was and to start looking for what's ahead. To live in the now. To recognize your strengths and to reach for your God given future. But it's up to you. I choose, I choose, and I know. I know there are folks here because I, I know you well enough to know you've carried some heavy stuff in life. And there are others of you I don't know where, what you've been through and where you've been at. But I want to tell you this. God didn't intend us to settle in the worst moments of our lives. God intended us to move from those and through those into the fullness of what He's got for us. I choose to be a victor not a victim. Let's pray.